All right, what what do you say right now, Paul? Earth, wind, and fire, good for your soul. That it is. All the time we do a little soul food for you. Earth, wind, and fire, always good for your soul. Say it three times. What the hell? Joel, who do we got tonight, Joel? What's Joel, the game Joel Nelson, he's back there. We're good. What's the game? You don't know what the game is? He always starts us off with who Green is Bay it? Green Bay and Las Bay Vegas, right? Bay. No, no, no. Green Bay's going to win. Green Bay what? Green Bay's going to win. What's the line? What's the... Uh, Vegas minus two and a half. I think Green Bay takes it. Okay. That's you've heard it here first. Oh, we always like to start with Devontae Adams scores a touchdown. Oh, wow. Enough of that. Twitter brought to you by <laughs> South Hills Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Peters Township. Visit them online, southhillsjeep.com. My name is Colin Dunlap. His name is Paul Zeiss. We are being produced by the wonderful Joel Nelson, or as I call him, Joel Nelson. Uh, he's just a great man. And the text line hit us there, brought to you by Edgar Snyder & Associates, a personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. I'm going to spin this a little bit different way, a little bit of a different way than the regular and and look nobody was wrong for doing this but what people have dredged over and talked about seemingly since post game yesterday i'm going to ask you a question using a name that everyone has talked about and i'm going to go here with it do you have matt canada fatigue are you done with all this, Paul? Is uh, it just too you, much? You obviously don't read the post cuz that cuz I think it was Friday <laughs> I wrote a story that people have Matt Canada uh, derangement syndrome. Do you uh-huh. remember? Do you remember when during the Trump thing, uh, when Trump was winning or he was the president, whatever? Here comes Paul making America no, great not, again. Not, My, no, what uh, I'm okay. saying is, what I'm saying is, there was this, you know, the the, the the people who just slobbered all over themselves anytime Trump's name came up because they just couldn't come up with a rational thought. Can, We're there with Matt Canada. Can I tell you That's what why I, I call it the derangement? What syndrome. I tweeted a little bit earlier today. Matt Canada stinks and shouldn't coach anymore for the Steelers. But people have become absolutely deranged about him, studying his every movement and mannerism. It has entered political candidate-like obsession. Right. Would you agree to That's that? That's what I said. That was my whole point. When it comes to Matt Canada, the discussion has become some so unhinged. And I'm going to just tell you this. It's so unhinged that people are now analyzing what he was thinking in the press box when a touchdown happened because he didn't react the way that they think that he was supposed to react. We are there's, studying if he's cheering <laughs> or not. There's literally, I would say, what, 50 reasons why he might have reacted the way that he want that has nothing to do with him being upset that, 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 that the play was called and worked. Correct. So that being said, I don't think it changes much about his employment. I don't think it changes much about the job he's doing. I don't think it changes any of it. What we've done though is we've adequately taken one of the taken, excuse me, one of the peripherals, which is his reaction to the actual action, Paul, and we've now not focused on the action. And the action is this. The offense still stunk for 55 minutes. It was still awful. We have adequately and been able to look at a reaction more so than the action. The action is this offense really didn't do much yesterday. It's terrible. They had ten. <laughs> they had ten drives yesterday. Ten. Here's my thing. Uh huh. You got NFL players. If you keep giving the ball the, the ball back, right, and you're not doing anything. And again, the Ravens had seven drop passes. They had the moronic thing at the at the end of the half where they didn't kick a field goal. They had a punt they, block. They had a punt block. They had, you know, the 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 one pass that doesn't count as a drop. 
was the right after it got to be 10 to 8. I don't know if you remember when they went play action and rolled out, and he threw it down the middle of the field to a guy who was wide open, and the guy turned around and tripped over his own, own two feet. That doesn't count as a drop. Then got punched in the face by T.J. Watt. But right. my point is, my point is, you know, if all of that doesn't, if all, if, if any, if some of that doesn't happen, the Ravens are up twenty to three, and that drive means nothing. And the only reason you can have one drive and win is because the Ravens only had ten points. I agree with you. So, do we feel? And this is now where we come back down to base and talk to you, fan hotline presented by Nemecolon. Around every corner, Nemecolon creates real life magic for guests. We'd love to talk to you. Four one two nine two eight nine three seven zero. That's four one two nine two eight nine three seven zero. Up until about seven thirty or so. <laughs> do you feel better or worse or the same about the Pittsburgh Steelers? Because I'd love to be caught up in this euphoria. I'd also love to dog them even more. But I get on the other side of like 4 o'clock yesterday, and Paul, I just I feel the same about this team. I don't have – this stinks for Sports Talk Radio, but I don't have a heavy opinion. It's just the same as the I felt same. going into the game. It's exactly the same. I don't feel any different, right? I, I look at this team and I say – to be honest, they've played like a one and four team. And the reality is they've got extremely lucky in two games because two quarterbacks uh, and a bunch of receivers. Paul just figure, sneezed. There we are. Couldn't figure out. Yeah, it's like something in the area. It's like a, it's like an allergy yes. thing. They couldn't figure out. There's two there's two quarterbacks who couldn't figure out that all you need to do is just not give it to the other team and you have a chance to win. And I think I need to remind people of this. And this is, and I don't want to be overly negative. I don't want to be overly positive. I pride myself in just calling it like it is. We do for the sake of our medium and what we do. We talk every day and we react and we then preview and react and preview. And we are caught up in football. We both covered football for a long time. You get caught up in that week-to-week cycle, and it is a great cycle. Monday you react, Tuesday you hear from Tomlin, Wednesday's kind of a lull, Thursday you start to get gassed up, there's another game on Friday. My gosh, who's going to play, who's out? Saturday, college football, Sunday, bang, go time. Start all over, rinse, repeat. But we get so caught up in each game and week that I think something that needs to rise to the surface for the Pittsburgh Steelers, at least, needs to keep rising to the surface. Let's not be lost in the weekly ups and downs of the Steelers that anything less than a playoff win this season is a grave disappointment. I think big picture always needs to stay in the forefront for the Steelers in this 2023 season, Paul. Not the week-to-week. Not a, It is still a big-picture proposition for me. Win a playoff game, and that's what has to happen. Right, absolutely. That's. I think we're all saying the same thing, isn't it? I actually wrote a column today for the Post-Gazette column where I basically said, is this what we're supposed to be happy with with the Steelers? They slop together wins. They find a way to get to eight wins or nine wins, or there maybe they're in 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 uh, in, in the in the playoffs. Um, they they you know like yesterday they hung in there and were tough enough to hang in there long enough to make it work, and it shows how. What happened to the team that used to just go out and win games? With a first-round quarterback, a first-round running back, an otherworldly receiver that they're supposed to have, and and an insanely high-paid defense. You know, I just can't keep moving on, and I'm happy they won. Don't ever take it like that. I'm as big a fan as anybody listening right now. I want the Pittsburgh Steelers to win as much or more than anybody listening to my voice right now, but... The how it's going along and just floating along at three and two. I said before the season started, 
four and one at the bye, or I think it gets real tricky and it's a bit of a disappointment. Well, it is. I mean, they've got the who do they got the Rams next coming up after the bye? The Rams are probably better than we thought they were. I think they've got Jacksonville coming down. Um, but the thing about it is three and two, honestly, they should be one and four. So three and two, you take it. They're in first place. The only thing I will tell you, the same thing people were saying about the Steelers here. Well, you know, they're in first place. They're three and two. I mean, after their start, after what's happened here. But you know what? The Bengals, who are probably the best team, they're two and three after they've played basically one good half of football. And played terribly, right. And the the Steelers are just four quarters removed from getting pounded by a rookie head coach, a rookie quarterback, and a rookie offensive coordinator. So, again, I don't mean to be down. A win is a win is a win. But they scored just one offensive touchdown. The, the thing, defense right, and special teams right. saved their backside. Right, and, and the Ravens right. saved their back. I mean, here's the difference. You know what the difference? I've said this a, a couple times today. The difference between the 49ers game and the Texans game, right, is in the first half, the Ravens dropped touchdown passes and didn't capitalize on opportunities and fumbled and, you know, played stupid. And Houston and San Francisco didn't. Because the bottom line is it should have been about 24-3 to midway through the third period yesterday. And if that happens, that 80-yard drive with the long pass to George Pickens is just a nice footnote on a game where you lose 27-10. to This feels like, and it is one of my biggest fears as a Steelers fan and somebody who talks about this team, but mainly as just a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, that we get caught and churned up and spit out in that same monotony this year. I talked about this with you last week. I think it was Thursday before I went away for the weekend, Paul. I can never root for the Steelers to lose. I just don't. But this just feels like churning through the motions to another 9-8, and eight, maybe an 8-9 eight season, but a 9-8 and eight season. Right. The division is so bad, it's like the old AFC West. One team is going to make the playoffs, they're going to go to the playoffs, and they're going to lose in the first round, and we are going to get on the other side of it and go, so what ground was gained and what was lost? And the national pundits are going to say, Mike Tomlin never had a losing season. Look at the coaching job that he's done. And that's going to be where we are. 412-928-9370. Dave, lead us off tonight. Hi, Dave. Hey, guys. How you doing? Never been better. I don't – yeah, well, that's <laughs> – you're about the only one. How did we end up accepting mediocrity? I mean, this team for the last, uh, what, seven, eight years – has been the picture of mediocrity, whereas this picture before that used to be a team of greatness, of exceptional of exceptional performers. i got to be honest. I mean, I, I love the Steelers, but my hope was for the greater good that they would have gotten slaughtered yesterday so that there would be no excuses to keep this clown and make significant changes. The significant changes have got to be made I mean, I can't believe that these guys don't see what we see. You can't go every game, a whole half of football, not getting more than four first downs. No, I'm with you. This was a team that for 55 minutes, everybody, and you could look on social media, you could just go and talk to the people you're watching the game with, was absolutely a team that frustrated everybody consuming it, Paul. For 55 minutes. Five minutes doesn't erase that. I'm happy they won. I don't want them to be two and three. But I can't walk away and throw my hands in the air and 
thump my chest as a Steelers fan. I can't do it. No, and I, I think a lot of people want you to, and if you don't, you're a, you're a hater. Right. It's like if, if I do, I'm lying to myself, though. If you do, you're lying to yourself because there is nothing about what we saw yesterday that makes you feel any different about this team than than maybe how you. Can felt. I tell you one thing I saw that was positive? Broderick Jones is ready for prime time. He is absolutely ready well, for prime, and, and so is Joey Porter right, Jr. Just let them both play. You know, there's a, exactly. Just let them both play, you period. Know, other than that, you're right, though. You can't walk away and say, now they might end up winning the division. That's the crazy part at 9-8. and eight. Yeah, 9-8 and eight might be enough looking at the rest of the division. I don't know. What's what's the status of uh, Deshaun Watson? Is he out for a long period of time, or is he just out? Probably shorter rather than long. Okay, so if he's out for a short period of time and he's back, they might have a chance because I think their defense is pretty good. But, again, they're just like the Steelers. Their offense has to get a hell of a lot better if they're going to go win games. And the Bengals aren't going to stay down forever. No, I thought what we saw the other day, uh, yesterday, even though it was against Arizona, I thought they played really, really, uh, really well. Your so, calls next, 412-928-9370. Do you have Matt Canada fatigue? And how much of a fix would Byron Leftwich really be? We got so much more to get into. And did you hear what Pat Narduzzi said today? Yeah, how about that? Yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Your call's next, 412-928-9370. We'll be here until about 7.30 tonight, right here on The Fan. You know, there are things, by the way, Fan Hotline presented by Nemecolon, around every corner Nemecolon creates real-life magic for guests. If you listen to Paul and I, and, 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 and there we are. Me and Paul are on on Mondays and Thursdays. I do a solo show on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, so I'll be solo tomorrow and the next day, and then Paul and I will be back on Thursday. But there are things that are clearly geared toward just getting a rise out of Paul. I think that's one of the best attributes I have. I know how to. I've been, I've no, I've been friends with Paul for so long that I know how to push his buttons. Uh, try not to get a rise out of no. whatever you're going to say. No, right no, 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 no. <laughs> because last week it was uh, the marathon that was canceled in Minneapolis. Yes. I am just going to ask you this question, then move aside, then we'll take some calls on the Steelers. How do you feel about the one-week transition from 80-degree weather to 45-degree weather, Paul? Well, obviously, I don't like it. <laughs> I'll just say that. I don't like it when it's less than 75 degrees. I'm not happy. So, I obviously don't like it, but I'll live with it. It's not terrible yet. It will be terrible once it starts getting cold. Once it starts getting like where I'm sitting here in front of the glass and can feel the cold air coming through, then I'll be really miserable and you'll get a good rant out of me. How... I can't believe you haven't moved to a different locale yet. You seem to be a, a Phoenix guy or a Texas guy or a Florida guy. You definitely seem like a big Florida guy for a variety uh, I would, of reasons. I, I, honestly, I keep telling myself, and, uh, you know, it's one of those things, dare to dream. Someday I'll live in Aruba. And when I live in Aruba, you know what? Yeah. It's 88 and sunny every damn day. <laughs> okay. So this doesn't uh, suit your fancy, today's weather? No. If I hit the Powerball tomorrow... My black ass would be out of here on Wednesday. Gotcha. Well, I'll drive you to the airport, Paul. Because yes. I'm a friend, not because I want to see you go. Mm-hmm. I'd be gone. <laughs> and I would be living in Aruba, and I would tell everybody, if you want to ever talk to me again, you got to come visit. 412-928-9370. Let's talk to Pete in Weirton, which is on the way to Aruba. Hi, Pete. How you guys doing? Great, thank you. I just wanted to say, you know, I keep getting the Canada getting beat up, and he deserves it, deservedly so. But offensively, they're not any good. I mean, they don't have any good players. Pickett's still learning. Pickens is a good player. Najee Harris, overrated. Their offensive line, overrated. He has no targets other than Pickens. It's just they're not a good team. 
Well, yeah, let's get into something. And he touched on something. I do want to get into this at 412-928-9370. We've reached the bye week, and a lot of times football teams will tell you, no matter if the bye week, it's actually the open date. A bye means progression in the tournament without playing someone. So that being said, it's an open date or an off date. Um, the open date that they have is a lot of times a demarcation for teams to make adjustments, right, Paul, or to right, see what they've right, done before. Right, right. Have we reached a point in the season now, particularly with the performance yesterday on one drive, especially of Jalen Warren, to where it needs to have a deeper investigation as to who the number one back truly is? We talked about this all camp. We set it going in. Now there is a body of work. Jalen Warren just looks better, Paul. Not only does he look better, he is better. There's no question about it. He hits the hole harder. He hits the uh, 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 whenever they throw it to him in the flat. He catches it. He's already at full speed. He makes guys miss. He's got good vision. Uh, he runs downhill. I think it's very clear. The other thing is they haven't used Najee Harris at all in in the passing game in in a couple of weeks now. Um, it, it seems very clear to me, very clear to me, that basically Jalen Warren needs to be the guy. But as we know. We have these hypotheticals all the time. It's not going to happen because the head coach keeps saying that his guy is Najee Harris. Now, the carries did even up to some degree yesterday. It was nine against 14. 14 for Najee Harris, nine for Jalen Warren. Um, and Warren gets 40 yards on just those nine. Najee Harris, 37 on those 14. So, Warren is more productive. On top of that, like you touched on, Jalen Warren catches three passes for 39 yards. He's effective in the pass game, and he catches a 23-yard pass, not just effective in the pass game catching it. Jalen Warren is a much better pass pro guy. He picks up the blitz. Right. He's a better blocker. He's done a very good job in, in pass protection. He's done a very good job picking up blitzes. He's been, he's done a very good job in everything he's done. It, you know, it, and I don't necessarily think that it equates, well, this, you know, he's proof that you don't have to pick a running back in the first round because then I would say, well, is Brock Purdy, is he proof that you don't have to pick a quarterback in the first round? I mean, he just is a really good football player that fell through the cracks. And and I would listen. I look at San Francisco. I think that this is a great example. They used the first round pick on Trey Lance. Mm -hmm. They got another guy, Brock Purdy, who they picked with the Mr. Irrelevant pick. Right. It became clear that Brock Purdy was better. They had no problem saying, okay, we screwed up. We're just going to cut ties with our first rounder and we're going to let. That's what the Steelers have to get a little better at. They, 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 they basically sometimes, I think they fall in love with, or they don't want to admit a mistake, or they feel like, well, since we, we use the pick on this guy, we've got to get the most we can get out of him. Sometimes you just cut and run. Bryson's in Baldwin wants to talk about the running back situation, exactly what we were just getting into. Bryson, a happy Monday evening to you. How's everything? As to you guys, thank you. Uh, um, Hey, I just wanted to bring up a point, and I, don't, I haven't heard anybody talk about it, and it's the weight issue with Najee Harris. I know he's a big body, and I know he carries a lot, but he came into camp, I think, 15, 20 pounds heavier last year or this year, and it just brings me back to thinking about Le'Veon Bell saying he came in 15 pounds lighter in 16, and he looked like a feather. The speed is so much different. It looks like he's running in quicksand. I just thought you'd see what you guys had to say about uh, the the overweightness, it seems like, of Najee Harris and not being able to use his size. 
I think it can be a component. I just think at this point, he might just not be as good a back. Like Jalen Warren right. might be a better back. On top of it, there's a real decision that needs to be made at the end of the year about the fifth year. You oh, know, I don't think it's a real decision. They can't pick it up. There's no chance they pick it up. I can't see them picking it up at all. I mean, why would you? There's no evidence that suggests that, you know, uh, you, you can't replace whatever it is that you think Najee Harris is bringing to you. So I, I would be shocked, Colin, if they pick it up. I would think, you know, but like you say, they're at least under a former administration, they were loath to admit mistakes. Uh, that being said, are they ready to go full bore uh, with whatever it is? And I think it should launch into the very next game. You know, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers should come out of the bye, the off week, and have Jalen Warren as their feature back and flip those numbers. He should get the balance of the carries, but we'll see how it goes. Chuck's in Braddock. Hi, Chuck. Hey, how you doing there? Um, this is something um, I noticed, maybe, you know, right or wrong, but um, when Kenny gets chased out of rules out, I know it takes more time, and it's he never seems to like when he rolls out and passes. He never seems to like square up. I, I think they need to get him to square up a little bit, and that's going to make a market improvement. Well, I don't know. I, I think that you know, to be quite frank with you, squaring up as you're rolling out sometimes will get you put in AGH. Um, you got to let the ball go, and sometimes you have to throw it awkwardly. You don't have the time to really square up, stop, and do all of that. What I think needs to happen, and I think it's a product of the offense, I think it's also a product of Kenny Pickett doing this, I think there just needs to be more designed rollouts to get him moving and throwing on the run. I would agree, but it's interesting that worked a little bit against the Raiders, but did you notice uh, yesterday, because now it's on film, mm -hmm. it really didn't fool the Ravens very much. They they were on top of a lot of those rollout passes that went for, you know, reasonably big yards against uh, 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 the Raiders. The Ravens were actually on top of most of those. Well, it kind of worked in, a, in reverse to where they tried some things like that. It hit for a little bit. It really did. And the Steelers then, Paul, they fell back to, which was – for some people, something that they didn't think would work again, but the Steelers drifted back into let's throw it pretty far and hope George Pickens runs <laughs> under it. And I mean, honestly, That's let's really hope the only we get play a matchup. That, worked for them. that was about the only play that worked for them yesterday, isn't it? Right? Let's hope that our best player on the field is better than their best player on the field, or at least someone trying to run with our best player on the field. 412 928 9370. Rob's in West Mifflin. What's up, Rob? One of the best. What's going on, brother? How y'all doing, man? Great, great. Uh, tell tell I me about this running talk. back situation, Rob. Yeah, I could say Najee Harris, I mean, there's way more problems than a running back situation, y'all. Like, you know, like Jalen Warren's a way better receiver off the bat, but I agree with that. He gets a couple he gets the crowd all hyped up and all that, but you can't give the ball to Jalen Warren fifteen, twenty times, man. Touch his yeah, carries no. It's not gonna happen. Like pound Najee Harris, man, give him the ball. Like, yo, I'm only hearing negative stuff about Najee Harris when he has a bad game. Like, I love Jalen Warren. He's a hell of a back. I don't know how he didn't get drafted. But, I mean, he's a way better receiver out the backfield. Sign him up, hand it to him 15 times. As a running back, I was averaging 3.4 yards a carry for the game yesterday. All right, well, answer me this then. Is he miscast? Should Jalen Warren actually be put into Connor Hayward's role? Like when they've had them both out there yesterday, I liked it that. Mm -hmm. And I say I agree they need to split the touches 50-50. I agree with that. But he's a way better guy out the backfield than Najee. Way better. And I, I would have him out there more with the two-back role. That's something that the Steelers haven't 
done that they've been loath to do, and they finally went to it, as Rob pointed out, yesterday just a little bit more, and it's something that I like. Let's talk a little more to you, 412-928-9370. Paul, I wonder, and I want to start with this in the next segment. We'll continue to take your calls. If you caught someone's act on social media from the game yesterday, because every time I see this person, I still marvel, marvel, don't give it away, at how they have this town eating out of the palm of their hand. And I'll tell you who that is coming up just after this break. I'm Paul. He's Colin. This is, or no, it's the other way. I'm Colin. He's Paul. This is 93.7 The Fan. Control. We were just talking about Paul keeping control on a tenuous situation off the air. The off the air stories are always so much better than the on the air stories. All right, we'll get back to your Steeler calls in just a minute. A wide open Steeler calls, 412-928-9370. But I wanted to know if you saw this guy's act on social media. I could think of a couple people. Their names are this, before I tell you who this person is. Their names are Kevin Green, maybe Gary Roberts, and Larry Fitzgerald. Okay? Mm-hmm. Kevin Green, Gary Roberts, Larry Fitzgerald. But I don't think they approach this. Yesterday on social media, and I got a text from this guy the other day. I was going to be out of town, that he was coming into town. What was up? And it was A.J. Burnett, right, who I'm, I'm friendly with, close You're to. you got to love that guy. He's the best. Well, he was coming into town to do a couple things. He was going to the Steeler game. He texted me and asked if I was going to the Steeler game, and I wasn't. I was out of town. I wasn't going to be back in time. So he made headlines, or at least social media headlines, by being in the stands, being at the game, he's walking through the crowd. He has a black and gold scarf on. Keep in mind, he lives much closer to the Baltimore Ravens home stadium right. than he does to the – but he has become a Steeler fan, a gigantic Steeler fan. He was down on the field before the game. He's walking through the con- the aisle. He can't walk 10 feet without people giving him a hug, him going crazy, right? all this stuff. He's just a man of the people who will forever have a key to the city. The question is this. Has anybody ever played in this town for a shorter amount of time yet been more beloved? He pitched 87 games here and played three years. Two years, then he went away to Philly for one, then came back. He only pitched here 87 games. He is one of the most popular Pirates, like, ever since, well, since the 70s, at least. It is crazy to me, that guy's act, and I love it. Yeah, how about um, Duck? Eh. I mean, that guy is beloved, and really, he he did absolutely – at least A.J. Burnett accomplished some things. Part of it, too, is A.J. Burnett's recognizability. Right. No one looks like him. You know, he walks down the street, he's all tatted up, you know who he is instantly, and he embraces it. He loves it. But I saw all his stuff on social media from yesterday, and I'm thinking that – and i got to shoot him a text tonight. Uh, What that guy – the happiness he brings people – and they really – all they did was go the wild card and went to that series, you know. He didn't really win big, but he personifies the hope and the one time for a lot of people in their life that the baseball team was good. He right. is that right. – the humanization and of I that. And I think the other thing that he resonated with people here because he had that – sort of that blue collar. I'm going to kick your ass. I, I'm going to kick your – I got a chip on my shoulder. It's me against the world. People love that. People, oh. In this town, they eat that up all the time, you know, where it's just basically he was a guy who was, you know, if there was a uh, if there was a little scru- a scuffle with the other team or, you know, and, and the whole S, you know, S, STFD. STFD thing. I mean, people love the guy. 
Uh, I'd have to think about it, really. that That's a question I'd really have to sit down and Kevin think about. Kevin Green is one of – you know, you have the goal, like Hedberg or somebody that made a little run, but I don't think they rise yeah. to that level. Yeah. But no, but I, there's very few people that have played fewer games that are more beloved. What was Matt Murray here, about four years? Yeah, but it went bad at the end. And that's the thing. People, even though he won basically essentially two Stanley Cups, <laughs> he, he's not nearly as beloved as a guy like A.J. Burnett. But he was here a short time that actually had an impact. Yeah. Larry Fitzgerald's another one, and that's by virtue of being a collegiate athlete. You know, they're not going to be here all that long. Anyway, back to the Steelers situation. Nate's in Cannonsburg. Hi, Nate. How you doing? Hey, I'm well. Thanks, guys, uh, for taking my call. First time caller into this specific show. So, hello, Paul. Hello, Colin. Um, you know, as far as the running back situation goes, I, I, I keep asking myself week after week, like, am, am I missing something here? I mean, because, look, Jalen Warren, awesome. When, especially the last game, he went undrafted for a reason. Najee Harris went first round. For a reason, it is so. It is seventy-five percent the player, or I'm sorry, seventy-five percent the scheme and twenty-five percent the player. Okay, mm-hmm. um, I mean, if you make Jalen Warren RB one, I guarantee you he's not going to have the success uh, that he has been having. No disrespect to Jalen Warren. Can I ask I mean, you a question, though? Can I ask you a question, yeah. Nate? And I, this is a great discussion. I want to continue it after I interject and ask a question. Am yeah. I am I crazy for being curious and wanting to find out and be proven wrong maybe just once? No, no, no not at all. But is now the time to do that? Yes. I, yes. Uh, okay. Okay. Or at uh, least, we, how about, can I meet you in the middle? Can I meet you in the middle? Because it has started to even out. The carries were 9 and 14. 9 for Warren, 14 for Harris yesterday. How about you go into it and say, we're just going to make them right about even and see what the production is on an even split. And that that would be fine. But, I mean, giving Warren the title of RB1, I I, I just – I'm not I'm not there yet. I mean, I'm of the opinion if it's not broke, don't fix it. And the way they're being used – Despite everything else, um, they're rushing the ball, and Warren is doing well. Um, that's not to say he's less of an athlete or anything than Najee Harris, but I mean, he, Najee is a bell cow. If he, it's all about the scheme. If they're used properly, it's not about who's more, who who produces more. I mean, use them both. Okay? So I agree with you in that sense. All right, fair enough. I just yeah. Najee Harris had 14 carries for 37 yards yesterday. He's not averaging three yards a carry. It feels to right, me. but at the same time, and I know rushing for a thousand yards does not count like it used to. But his first two seasons, he ran for a thousand yards. There's something there. I'm just not ready to give up on him as RB one. You want to do 50 50? I'm okay. I. I support that but i just i'm not ready to just promote Jalen warren nate do you know do you know my wife because you have an 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 unbelievable way of talking sense into me and i think you may have just done that um (laughs) (laughs) he do he he talked me off the ledge a little bit as much because it it isn't an all or nothing proposition i think nate did a good job when you watch the two players play which guy gets to the hole quicker? Is here's here's an he, he, here's a parallel though. Oh, it, it Warren does. But is Jalen Warren Josh Harrison? 
Is he better in spurts in different spots all around in these places as opposed to being the everyday guy in one spot? Utility utility player. Is he a utility back more than the every down pounder back that you want to give 15, 18 carries to? I would love to to see three or four straight games where Jalen Warren is the guy that gets 25, 20, 25 carries. If that's your question. Because I really believe as hard as he runs, as fast as he is, as fast as he hits the hole, uh, as good as he is out of the backfield, as good as he is picking up blitzes, I want to believe that he would have a good a good time and, and be able to, to, to really get it done. Some haters on the line. I'm not reading this one on the air. This is Nate's first call to the show. Can we make it his last? Why the Nate haters on the text line at 4129? Yeah, why? 412-928-9370. I thought he was a very kind and nice man that made a good point. Mike's in Pittsburgh. Hi, Mike. All right, here's my comment here, and I, I appreciate the show. I like the show. The Steelers, they always start slow. And I remember, I think it was Maurice Pouncey that said that an offensive line needs to play together for a long time to gel. Mm-hmm. The Steelers have been changing. I think it was Maurice's brother, Marquise, by the way, but continue. Well, yeah. The Steelers have been changing offensive linemen for the past few years. And so I think that, you know, let's look at last year when the Steelers started out slow and everyone was on their case and then they ended strong. I get it. Pickett was a rookie. The quarterback changes the whole bit. But I see the same thing this year. And in the last game, I saw glimpses of the offensive line coming together and dominating the Ravens. Just glimpses, but we're only five games in. So another, you know, three, four games, could they gel more and produce? Maybe, and his phone cut out. I thank you for the call. I did see Broderick Jones at times be one of the best players on the field. I, I mean, I thought that was fact yesterday. I thought he was very good, Paul. I thought if you looked out on the field and you said, which guy is a rookie, there's no way you'd be able to tell that Broderick Jones was a rookie. Well, I thought he did play well. I thought he was actually pretty good. They ran they ran, you know, behind him some. Um, and I thought, again, as it says, as it is, as it will be, uh-huh. he needs to be the starter for the rest of the season. Yeah, that should be. There, there two- should be no discussion of bringing Dan Moore back when he's healthy. He shouldn't be. You brought this guy in to be the guy. Mm-hmm. He he waited his time a few weeks. You know he got through the the whole thing with it. Well, they don't want him playing against the the big name. You know, uh, uh, Bosa. Right. Okay, good. He got through that now. So what are we doing now? Same thing said for uh, Porter Jr. on the flip side of the ball that he should walk in and be the starter from right now on. Did he show enough? He had a big interception. I mean, come on. He had a nice interception. What? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What's wrong? You think he, there was a penalty there? They didn't I call. I think that it basically any mobile human being would have made that interception because it was a horrific pass that hit him right between the numbers. So it was a nice play. Would Ike Taylor have caught the ball? Yes. Even Ike Taylor would have made that interception. Why are you a not, hater? I'm not a hater, and I'm not trying. You to are take, a hater. Just, there's certain things that you know. Everybody's trying to basically act like he had some heroic play. It was a horrific pass by a, by a quarterback that is making $250 million and is going to basically steal that money 
every single year from his team because that's the kind of play he makes. Maybe he was time. shaken by the sight of Joey Porter Jr. <laughs> and forced into that yeah, throw. Maybe he was he was having flashbacks to Joe Flacco getting smashed by Joe Porter, Porter Sr. No, it was a horrible pass. Can Which, we say that? As long as I can as long as we can say it was a horrible pass that was five yards short and on the wrong shoulder of his receiver. I mean, that's a pass. Listen, I don't care what anybody says. That's a pass that you, if you have a, 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 an eighth grade, a middle school team, you tell your guy, you throw it to the outside shoulder and deep. Only either your guy catches it or it's Or it goes into stands, right. Yes. Okay. All right. Paul, just um, all not at all is, impressed by interceptions all from I'm rookies. All I'm saying is I think Joey Porter Jr. played well. I would start him because I think the other two guys are not very good. So I would start him, and I've been saying that for three weeks. But, you know, could we, could, could, we, could we stop with the way over the top, this need to go way over the top and act like he made some incredible play in the end zone? He made a play where the, where the, the, oh, the ball hit him between his, <laughs> between his two numbers. All right, it's me and Positive Paul. More of us next, top of the hour. Uh, fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Come see their half-ton and three-quarter ton Silverados. Visit sunchevy.com tonight. You'll like this, Paul. Low of 43 this evening. Yes. Uh, Partly uh, sunny skies. Temperatures in the 60s Tuesday and Wednesday. Sunny skies. Temps, they jump back up Thursday and Friday to the 70s.